Welcome to Percolating Perspective, your podcast to celebrate and reintroduce American culture and the Western way of life while enjoying the West's greatest gift to humanity, coffee. Today on Percolating Perspective, we look at the Empire State Building and what makes it so magnificent. I'm your host, Gordon Michael Porter. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app to help push our show into everyone's feed on their podcast app. Check us out at Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Percolating Perspective. I know last week we mentioned that we now have listeners in all 50 states and that New York and Alabama were fighting it out. Well, I hate to tell you, New York, Alabama has beat you out now. But lo and behold, we have a new fourth place position, California. So huge shout out to our listeners in California. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in uh, and being so loyal to the podcast. We also now have international listeners in Morocco and Ukraine. So thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I'm honored to have you uh, come be a part of this podcast with us. So thank you so much for doing that. Share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it. Share it on your Facebook. Share our uh, episodes uh, individually. You can do that by going to our Facebook page. Uh, those are always posted uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning on Mondays. Um, you know, So please go on there and share those with your friends. The drip of the day. We are going back to Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. I meant to order their new fall flavors. We tried one last week. I forgot to other, order the other two, so we'll have to step in on that next week. But this week, we're going back to the Old Faithful Scottish Grog. Man, what a cup of coffee. It is It is just... I don't even know how to describe it. It... it it's just good. It's really good. Check out HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com to order yourself a, a bag of Scottish grog, Scottish grog, excuse me, coffee. It is a just a good cup of coffee. I love coffee. I mean, it is just, it, it warms you up. It makes you feel good. It uh, makes you a little hyper. Um, so, you know, that's not always a bad thing to be a little hyper, right? I don't think so. I was born hyper. Nothing wrong with that. I enjoy it because it helps spur on conversation. It helps, you know, people who are sitting across from a table. Maybe it's, you know, it's after dinner or maybe, you know, after lunch or maybe even before breakfast. You're, you know, just want to have a conversation with somebody. Pour up a cup of coffee. Have a conversation. You can really discuss anything over a cup of coffee. In fact, most business deals in the United States are made over a cup of coffee. So there's a lot of power in the cup of coffee. All right, let's get into the meat of this thing. I say that every week, don't I? Let's try something different this week. Not the meat of this thing. Let's say, let's get into what you actually came here to hear me talk about. If you came here to hear me talk at all. You probably came to this podcast just to hear what in the world something called percolating perspective could provide. And at this point, probably not a lot. So let's kind of give you some value here. We're going to talk about the Empire State Building this week. I love the Empire State Building. I've only been able to visit it once, but it is impactful. If you ever get the chance to go look at it, you know, uh, go inside of it, go to the observation deck at the very top. It is, it's an amazing building. It truly is amazing. It, it embodies everything that America stands for, everything that America truly is at her soul. 
it's it's an incredible building. I mean, it, it's incredible. Um, it, it to me, it would be like meeting Jimmy Stewart to go. You know, to go to the Empire State Building is on that level for me. I really do love it. Um, the Empire State Building truly is a staple of American culture and probably the single most recognized building in the United States, uh, even surpassing the White House. I think um, there's people all over the world and in the United States who don't know, and this is sad, but they don't know what the White House looks like. If they see it, they might think it's Monticello. If they even know what Monticello is, they might think it's the U.S. Congress building. So the Empire State Building is just iconic in the way it looks. Um, It's the design, uh, the era of the design is called Art Deco. And you'll see a lot of old radios, uh, you know, wooden radios. Well, they're of that same era. Art Deco is very rounded and very polished. It's very, a lot of glass and mirrors and things like that. Um, But... With that being said, I do think it is probably the most recognized building in the world as it relates to America. When people think America uh, in terms of architecture, I think Empire State Building probably comes to mind the most. Now, the Empire State Building stands 1,453 feet tall and 8 and 9 sixteenths of an inch. 1,453 feet tall. You heard that correctly. 1,453 feet and 8 and 9 sixteenths inch tall. That put it at the time of its grand opening in 1931, the tallest building in the world. And it was so tall that it held that title for almost 40 years until it was surpassed by the World Trade Center North Tower in 1970. And then actually for a short time after that, I believe when the towers fell on September uh, 11th in 2001, I think it resumed that title for at least a little bit, if not the largest tower in in North America. But I think it might have been the world. I'll have to do more research on that. The tower was designed by a a architect firm called Shreve, Lamb, and Harmon Associates. uh, And they boasted that this would be the first building in the world to exceed 100 floors. And boy, did it. By a long shot, it is estimated that this over a quarter of a mile high building weighs over 365,000 tons and was constructed by amazing Americans at a rate of four and a half floors per week. Per week. That's incredible. The building consists of 730 tons of steel and over 10 million bricks. The base of the building alone, if you look at the building, it's kind of shaped like a, uh, like, a, like a triangle. So the base is really wide, and then it kind of comes to a point. Uh, and that was actually New York City building code at the time that uh, you know skyscrapers were still a relatively new invention at the time, and that was a result of Carnegie Steel making that happen. But they were skeptical of it, and they, were, they did not want a, just a straight-sided tower like you saw with the, with the World Trade Centers or even One World Tower now. Uh, or the Freedom Tower, as I like to call it. Um, back then, the New York City building officials required that the base of the tower be larger by a certain ratio than the height of the building. So there was some math there, some, some uh, science to it. Just the base of the Empire State Building along, though, is over 30 bricks wide just to support the weight. So not the, the base is actually hollow. It's like a floor on its own. But the wall, the brick wall at the bottom of the Empire State Building is 30 bricks wide. They call that wythe in construction. 
30 it's a 30 wyth wall why is the building so important to american culture gordon why are you spending so much time talking about this buddy well is it because a giant gorilla climbed to the top carrying a woman is it because that's where buddy the elf uh and his father had him sorting mail or it smells like mushrooms and everybody looks like they want to kill him mm, not quite there are many reasons why this building is so important and today we'll just really scratch the surface Construction started on the Empire State Building in March of 1930. If you recall, a few minutes ago, I said the building was opened in 1931. That's not an error. The Empire State Building was built from ground to pinnacle, 14, over 1,400 feet tall, and 13 months. From groundbreaking to pinnacle, and 13 months. Now, to compare... The Freedom Tower, or One World Tower as it's known now, that was erected to replace the World Trade Centers, took seven years. Seven years. That's compared to 13 months. And really, the world, uh, the One World Tower is not that much bigger. I think it's 30 stories uh, taller. So, I mean, you know, 300 feet. I mean, I, in the grand scheme of things, whenever your building is over a quarter of a mile high, what's 300 feet? The Empire State Building was built by skilled craftsmen in a very short amount of time. This building was not only known for its height and magnitude, but it's also known for its ornate beauty and integrity. Anything built in the modern era in 13 months would most likely be worthless in construction and riddled with errors and cheap components. In 1930, with no computer-aided design, no cordless drills, no safety harnesses or hard hats, a building that has stood the test of time, weathered countless blizzards, and even a few hurricanes, it survived a B-25 airplane crashing into it in 1945. This building still stands proudly after such a short construction. The Empire State Building is iconic and a staple as, uh, as, uh, in American culture because it is a reminder that with skill... And a heart for your craft, incredible ambition and tenacity, and a vision, Americans can achieve what nearly anyone else in the world would deem impossible. To take these from the top, as far as these, these attributes, skill and a heart for your trade, most Americans today aren't craftsmen. They may be tradesmen, but craftsmen is a completely different title. Craftsman is, is reserved for very few people these days. A craftsman earns that title for taking pride in his work and not being satisfied with anything less than perfection. Now, this does take time. It takes time to become a craftsman. Uh, if you ever uh, watch the TV show Parks and Recreation uh, or maybe the, uh, the movie The Founder um, with Michael Keaton playing, um, uh, what's the guy that started McDonald's? Um, uh, Ray Kroc. Uh, the movie's about Ray Kroc and how McDonald's got started and how he kind of stole it from the McDonald's brothers. All that aside, Nick Offerman plays uh, is the actor that plays in both uh, that movie and the TV show. Nick Offerman is a craftsman. Uh, you can go, uh, he's got a website where he actually is a woodworker and he builds uh, cedar wood strip canoes by hand. And he builds, you know, uh, furniture. And, and there's actually an episode on Parks and Recreation uh, where there's this really ornate rocking chair that this 
crazy woman. I think her last name's actually Porter, so that explains a lot. Um, but he builds a rocking chair uh, for this lady who has like this fashion style magazine. He actually built that rocking chair. Uh, so the, there are still craftsmen around. There are still people around. In fact, my neighbor, uh, Jim Cosen, he's a welder. He's a metal worker. And, and that's not the only thing he's a craftsman with. But the man can build anything out of, me, out of metal and a flame. Uh, the, the guy is incredible. And, and my dad's the same way with, with tile work and, and stucco work. It's incredible what they can, what they can do with their hands. Uh, it's remarkable. Um, so there are still craftsmen around. It just takes years and years of trial and error and taking the most important thing is taking pride in your work. That is the most important quality. If you ever have the chance to visit Fort Pickens in Pensacola, Florida, it's in Pensacola Beach. It's kind of a pain to get there because it's sort of on a, an island peninsula type deal. I encourage you to go check it out though sometime if you're ever in the neighborhood. While it's just a military fort uh, built in 1834 by slaves, there's one thing that will catch your eye if you pay attention. When you go, look at the archways and the corners and the doorways and the window openings where the cannons, you know, the, the windows were built in such a way that a cannon could be could fire out the window and not have a cannonball come flying back through the window. But the way the, the brick is woven. It looks like lace. The The archways are just intricate and everything is exactly, it's perfect. There's not a, there's not a mortar joint or a grout joint that's bigger than the other. The brick is perfectly cut. And th by the way, they didn't have diamond saws back then. They were breaking this stuff with, with uh, hand trowels. Um, so, you know, the, the intricacy of the brick lace on this building is just incredible. It was built by slaves, uh, and it truly is beautiful. The slaves that built this fort had no reason to do a good job. They weren't being paid. They were forced to be there against their will. They could have done the bare minimum and built just a run-of-the-mill fort that wouldn't have lasted more than maybe 20 years if they were lucky. Uh, instead... These poor slaves took pride in their work and honed their craft because they knew their name would forever be on that building. Here, almost 200 years later, not only does the building, the fort, still stand, but the evidence of their skill and their heart and their patience leave a powerful reminder to all who visit that no matter your circumstance, no matter the, the pay, no matter the prestige, do everything to the best of your ability and with pride. While that, that's not an American principle, it is, a, it is a Christian principle, but more like I think America has done probably the best job between America and Great Britain, our cousins across the pond. I think that craftsmanship and taking pride in your work have made their home in America and Great Britain. The slaves did this, again, they had no reason to do a good job. But if you fast forward several years to, to the 1960s, you see Martin Luther King Jr. And you, you can actually go on YouTube and, and, and see 
many, if not all, of his speeches that he gave back in the 50s and the 60s when uh, integration and segregation were a hot topic and the civil rights movement uh, was really in, in the heat of it. But he, he actually, in one of his speeches, he made a statement that, that spoke to me. Um, and I'm not an African-American. I'm white. I'm about as American uh, by, by blood as you can get. My, great, my fifth great-grandfather's house still stands in, in, in North Carolina in Bath County. Uh, and, you know, I, I actually have a, a grandmother that was, um, that was arrested in the Salem witch trials and one of the few that, that made it out without being killed. And I say all that just to say, you know, my, my heritage does not matter whenever it comes to listening to Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speeches, you need to go listen to them. Of course, we all know who Martin Luther King Jr. is. We were, we were taught who he was in school. But listen to what the man said. And one of the things that stuck to me the most was a phrase that he used in talking to a group of high schoolers in Memphis, Tennessee, and I, and I believe it was in 1962. He said, if you are going to be a scrub oak on the side of a hill, you be the most true and most loyal scrub oak that anyone has ever seen. If your lot in life is to be a street sweeper, you be the best street, sweep, street sweeper that anybody has ever seen. And his point was to say, it doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter what your lot in life is. It doesn't matter what cards you are dealt. You do the best you can do, and you do it with all your might, and you do it with pride. And whenever you leave, if you are a street sweeper, and that is your lot in life, whenever you leave those streets, people should be able to look at that street and say, wow, that is the cleanest street I have ever seen in my life. If, you are, if your lot in life is bagging groceries at Walmart, even, not even if it's your lot in life, if that's just your high school job, and that's what you're doing just to make a little money on the side while you're you know, studying and, or in, in college or wherever else, if you're just bagging groceries, whenever your customers at Walmart leave, let them leave saying, that was the most incredible grocery bagger I have ever seen. He was so fast. And he put all the cold stuff with the cold and, and didn't break my eggs and didn't put my bread underneath the, the gravel I bought. Let people see that you take pride in your work. And as your fellow American, I implore you and I encourage you to, to do that. If you're a car mechanic, I can't tell you that a craftsman when it comes to working on cars is just about archaic. It's, it's a fossil now. But take pride in your work. If, you, if your job is working at the Jiffy Lube changing oil, even though nobody will ever go down underneath those cars to look and see what kind of work you did, let the bottom of that engine be spotless. Make sure the drain plug is torqued to just the right specification. Make sure the oil filter is perfectly sealed and clean. It's just a matter of taking pride not only in your work, but in your name. Knowing that somebody that is, that is going to potentially one day see who you are and what you do, know your name is attached to that. The slaves... <laughs> 
that built Fort Pickens, uh, they did, this nation we call home, let me back up just a minute. This nation, and, and to clarify, I don't believe was built on the back of slaves. I believe that is a progressive lie. Slaves were certainly a part of America and its founding, but so were free African Americans. Black History Month we is so uh, it's so reserved for people that were you know um, that certainly should be involved in Black History Month and certainly we should look to them and and recognize them for the great things that they did and and what they were and who they were. But uh, the modern progressive movement that has taken a hold of something as honoring as Black History Month completely forgets that many of the founders were free black men that actually traded their their for their freedom uh you know they were free black men who gave up their freedom to become soldiers to fight for the country that they loved but the slaves who did help build fort pickens and helped build america they did so to remind us and teach us of one of America's greatest principles, and you'll find it in the book of Colossians, chapter uh, chapter 3, verse 23. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord. I'm your fellow American, Gordon Michael Porter. I hope it sounds like, I hope whenever you listen to this podcast, it sounds like that I put my heart and soul into it, because I do try to, and I hope you love it. And if there's anything that we can change or anything we can do better, please reach out to us and we will try to make those changes and do better. I want this podcast to be perfect. So please let me know if there's anything that you don't like about it or anything that you could that you would change. With that said, I'm your host, Gordon Michael Porter. Please, again, like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. America, I love you. God bless. Take care. podcast content written by gordon michael porter audio produced and mastered by porter sound studios music arranged and produced by technoax art and advertisement by rachel johnson copyright 2022 percolating perspective podcast